Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. We're your hosts, Jared and Patrick. That's me. That's our sound guy, Joe. Careful where you go pissing. And our co-host, Tatum. Hello. Happy birthday! Oh my goodness! It's totally, <laughs> Happy birthday, Patrick! It is this totally is your my birthday, birthday episode. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, we're not recording on your birthday, but it is your birthday. It's gonna be your birthday. Oh, it's gonna be your birthday. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're gonna celebrate you on this episode about. Well, to lead into this, as a, for this being my birthday episode, but as while you are hearing this, I will be in Japan, the land so of uh, many amazing things, oh including a great genre of show called anime. Mm. Uh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty niche, pretty <laughs> obscure. Um, but recently, uh, last year, an anime came out that I could not st- get out of my head, and that is Cyberpunk. Edge Runners. Mm-hmm. You saw the title. You know what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> you clicked on it. We're good. Um, but man, this show, uh, there's so much I love about it. So much to talk about. Uh, I don't know where to start. So first off, I'm just going to get y'all's thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, Joe, you can go first. So this show is in the genre of anime that I actually kind of like in that there's not a million episodes Okay, I see. So not a shonen. Not sure. <laughs> whatever that means. Shonens are the ones like Naruto, uh, My Hero Academia. Almost endless. Uh, Gintama, not Gintama. Uh, One Piece, the ones like that, where it's just like a ton of episodes because they're all based off a book series that's existed for like 12 years. It's a show where you can watch it. Episode one is good. Episode two is good. Fast forward 10, you're done. Mm-hmm. So, And they're all high quality throughout where... Some animes, it only gets good around episode 425. <laughs> Can't say I'm a fan of that. Yeah, and at that point, how much is it that it's gotten good, and how much more is it that you've just gotten used to the content? <laughs> Nor do you have to play cyberpunk to get it. Oh, yeah. That's, which is also a pretty important That's a big thing. one. But at the same time, one. if you do know cyberpunk, whether you've played the, the game 2077 or you've uh, played the tabletop RPG... Um, is tabletop RPG? There is a tabletop RPG. Hmm. There is so much pulled from those that you can clearly spot. Uh, from the rip, David's Ripper Dock being a Ripper Dock that you can go to in the game. Oh, really? Um, there's uh, the bar that they go to, the... Uh, I forget the name of it. It's uh, the Afterlife. That is like the place for uh, Edge Runners, uh, Cyberpunks in... Night City, huh. you get you see them multiple times at that bar doing things like getting getting work, uh, just drinking, hanging out, all those things, and it's looks so similar. Like it, it, the design that they make for the place is the same as if you were walking <clears throat> through the game. Hmm. Like uh, table, table, desk, desk, bartender is the same as the game too. It's like it, the amount of dedication they put into making it. Um, like tie in with the settings that already exist is just absolutely awesome. Yeah. Adam Smasher existing, that's just like the the legend of cyber that's the legendary character of Cyberpunk. He's just like the the boogeyman. Is badass. he in the game? He isn't he is in the game as oh, well. Oh wow. Yeah. I I read here or I've read here that it's um a prequel to the game and it takes place about a year before uh twenty seventy seven. That makes sense. There are certain things buildings that exist hmm. that uh, don't later. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. So um, what I like, so I said this before recording, there are like four uh, things about an animation or a show that I'd look for. And, and, you know, based on these things, the quality and how much I enjoy it. So there's voice acting, uh, visuals, uh, sound design, and uh, the overall story. I think the uh, visuals, the story, and uh, the music all S tier. Yes. The voice acting is very hit or miss, and I'll say like a, it's an at least an A A minus. Okay, yeah, uh, that's fair. There is an element of the fact that <clears throat> it is a dub. I imagine if you, did you watch the dub? English, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like John Carlos. 
uh, John Carlo Despacito is the villain, which is yes. which is so cool. Like when really? I yeah, oh, shit. He's a oh man, what's his character's name? Is oh, he the dad. Uh, yeah, no, Faraday. He's, he's Faraday. He's Faraday. He's Faraday. Red suit, Faraday. Red suit, Dude, three eyes. that's so like as soon as I heard him, I'm like, wait a minute, I know <laughs> this voice. He sounds so, like <laughs> Gian, uh, Giancarlo Despacito, whatever. His yeah, name. his name. His name. Uh, he's a he's really good at being a bad guy. Every he mm. is like typecast as a bad guy in everything that is in. Ever since yeah. Breaking Bad, he's just a bad guy. That is yeah. who he is now. I, and as soon as I like recognize, oh my god, that's him. I I couldn't not see his face. That was me. There. <laughs> that was me when I heard uh, Matt Mercer's voice for Falco. Falco. Yeah, I was, yeah. Just, I was like, oh look, it's Matt Mercer. I saw that here. It was a minor role, so it didn't distract me as yeah. much as I thought. It would. But at the same time, like he does, it's like the same voice as McCree too. So I'm right. hearing McCree for, or Cassidy, excuse me, <laughs> from Overwatch in my head as I watch the show. I'm like, man, it's so cool. There's so many people I know. In yeah, here. no, um, that, that's like a super big treat uh, for people who like who know. Um, but yeah, everything else, the the story, the world building really, really comes together. Yeah. So uh, with with the world building, the setting, um, honestly, uh, I've said this before on a Delta at some point, but I, uh, the cyberpunk setting is my favorite setting. Yeah. Uh, just this a vibe. This dystopia, uh, for those who don't understand, dystopia <clears> being <throat> the opposite of utopia. And so instead of heaven on earth, it's hell on earth Mm -hmm. uh you have this capitalist hellscape that's gone unchecked for so long that uh uh it's just everything is built to keep you where you are uh one of the quotes i saw that i really like took in was like there's no there's not a government to keep corporations accountable because the corporations are the government right arasaka arasaka and militech as well as like some other ones they don't mention control Everything in Night City. And with that, there is this sense of if you are not rich, you're a cog and machine for the people in charge. Yeah. And David and everybody in this story is that to some sense. Uh, David and his mom are both just cogs in Arasaka's machine. I really um, like that they're Hispanic. I oh, really yeah. like that. I, their dynamic uh, in episode one, I see, you know, we see their kind of day to day life before the, the big accident happened. And that. Like how they interact with each other is very much how like me and my mom are. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Mm. Uh, I I definitely I really like their relationship. I think it's it sets up uh, David really well. Yeah. So to kind of exposition dump here real fast, catch everybody up. Uh, D- David is a student for Arasaka, uh, a company that does so many things. One of the things they do is a school. A student um, for a company. A student for a company, exactly. So crazy. Imagine it's... you go to university for McDonald's, <laughs> except that is already a thing. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm a McDonald's you. What? If you, I think, oh, like the Disney College program, too. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good example. But I think if you get a degree at McDonald's, you, you have to work at McDonald's. You have to. There's I nothing else you can do. You can't choose not to? I don't know What, what would they do? Does Ronald McDonald come out and, like, snipe you on site? <laughs> like, Grimace gets unleashed. <laughs> <laughs> the Hamburglar. <laughs> escaped containment. <laughs> can you imagine McDonald's in a cyberpunk dystopia? Yes. Oh, my oh god. gosh. Fairly easily, I can. <laughs> Just think of all of the things they would do. Mechanized so, ball pit. Well, <laughs> they control all the food. I, I, that's what I see. They'll just straight up everything that you would want to eat or need to eat. It's all from McDonald's. That's mm. it. That's all it is. A Big Mac good. USB. Yeah. I searched up anime Ronald McDonald out of curiosity, and there's so much, almost too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, so David is a student for McDonald's, and is <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he as he's there, he's very much an outcast. Everybody there is like, oh my God. Everybody knows who he is. He's a street kid. He's not a corpo. The slang words that they use. Mm. Uh, he's a street kid, and they know it, and they want him out. At the same time, his mom is working super hard to make sure he stays by doing some pretty shady biz. I don't know if y'all caught how she raised the money for him to go to school. Yeah. Um, but basically, when cyber is, so when there are crime scenes, she would go and scalp uh, tech and mm-hmm. sell it to Maine and his crew to fund David's school. Uh, so when she dies, she has that uh, Sandy, Sandevistan sitting there and mm-hmm. it's 
gold for David. But essentially, uh, David uh, and his mom have a bit of a tense moment as David tries to go around school rules and ends up getting punished for it. Uh, a lot of the burden goes on to his mom, and at that same moment where that happens, his mom dies. Yeah. Um, so he... And his mom's the only one he got. He has. He doesn't have a dad in his life. There is no other person in his life other than his ripper duck, mm-hmm. which is he just wants his money. So he is left alone and desolate in this world that is all about climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. And with that, his mom, one of her last dying words is that she wanted him to climb the ladder. She wanted him to be at the top of Arasaka Tower, uh, her son, uh, in charge on top and David holds on to that yeah. he at first technically he, he does at first he's lost <laughs> doesn't doesn't know what to do with that but then gets thrown into a life where that being the best becomes his main pursuit because of someone else but I want to talk specifically about he David he wants to be the very best like no one ever was he, re- he really does <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about David specifically in that sense that if, because I want to talk about how David is has no ambitions of his own. It's what makes David such an amazing character. He has no ambitions of his own, but he tries so hard to accomplish everybody else's dreams, save everybody else, do everything for everybody oh, else. Yeah, he's 16? 17. 17 in episode in, one. Yeah, in episode one. Yeah, he has no real like goal in mind other than what people tell him to do. That's like I'm sure um, his mom has been telling him since like he can remember, I want you to be uh, working at Arasaka. I want you to be there at the top and stuff every single day, you know? Like, so when he loses her, there's, lost. there's no next. There is he. Uh, there's a mo- there's one of the scenes where he's leaving his house as he usually does. The last mm. time we see him do this, there's this upbeat music. It's a good time. We get to see the the amazing, awful world of, of Night City. <laughs> amazing, awful, yeah. Um, and But this time when he walks out of his house to do the same journey, one of the first things he does is he walks up to that little ledge that he <clears> always <throat> jumps down. And he just stares, mm-hmm. stares there for a while, and then jumps, falls, lands, and when he lands, he pauses, sighs, and keeps going. Yeah, there is this moment of like he almost wish. I feel like that's him wishing it would end there, but it's still going. So he just starts wandering. Oh, like a suicide thing. Yeah, I um, mean, he has literally nothing else. He's um, just wandering at that point. The only reason I think he gets it, the only reason I think he's still alive is because during that just wandering around doing nothing for no reason he runs into Lucy um, yeah but which was also like an interesting way to meet someone like I mean this is post sand Stan like installation which is also a whole thing that I don't understand how it works but but it's it's an interesting dynamic of like hey I'm gonna this person is about to pickpocket you you catch him then you're like you're good. Yeah, I'm kind of good. Let me teach you something. That's I like that. So the I'll explain the end of Sand because I think <clears> it's really important. It doesn't for make David. sense, but I know it's an anime. It's so it's a piece of military technology <laughs> that replaces your spine, yeah. so that your nervous system is faster. So he's it's this whole bullet time effect mm. in the sense of. Because his spinal system, his nervous system is so much faster than it used to be, he's able to basically see things in slow motion. Yeah, I get that part. But, like, the actual physicality of the movements? Oh, it's just it's just the part of the highly uh, highly stylized visuals. <laughs> it's that we'll studio talk trigger. About. A, a little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I want... So I want to talk about now that we're bringing up the sand dev stand. I want to talk about the implants because the implants oh are the story. The oh. cybernetics are the story of edge runners. You see the lung transplant, mm-hmm. which oh, that, that scene messed with me a little bit. They just rip out his lungs and put in which, mechanical lungs. Which organs would you replace with robot organs? Oh me? What, go around. So I, I'll, before you answer this question, I will bring up an important, very important note with that. So in the world of cyberpunk, there is a mental disease called cyberpsychosis, where when you install too many modifications to yourself, you slowly start losing your humanity, which is essentially the story of any cyberpunk setting. Mm. It's this idea that in order to succeed, you need to lose your humanity. Mm. Um, so these cybermedic- cybernetics, as, every, as these cyberpunks or really anybody anywhere who wants to be competitive in the world, 
wants to grow, they need to get these cybernetics replacement for your eyes, replacements for your legs, replacement for everything. Mm. But as you start removing your humanity in terms of flesh, you also start losing humanity in terms of your mind. People who get more and more cybernetics start to become more and more insane to the point where they get cyberpsychosis and just start killing people till they die. Um, so with that being said, Joe, to answer your question, I would want cybernetic eyes. Ugh. Eyes. Mm. I think the, the ability to process visual information extremely quickly it would be amazing. Would you like a, like a Halo HUD with the, your motion tracker on your left screen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe sometimes just play video games while I'm <laughs> just standing somewhere. Do you think you could also do that thing like, do you know how I think it's shrimp can see more colors than the human? Oh. Can the eyes do that too? I, you Different can't, spectrum? You can because that would be pretty cool. Can you imagine you can being get an eyes that, that like, see through walls. So I imagine that's easy to do as well. Um, the the tabletop RPG gets in a lot of detail of what cybernetics you can get because mm. the idea is you oh, got players cool. who want to players open up the handbook and go let me go shopping for like which cybernetics exactly it is literally built like a brochure too it's got the prices how much how, <laughs> with the strain that it'll have on your mind oh, man. literally uh, just monopoly in a few years pretty much <laughs> Jared what would you get I don't think I would you would stay Gannick? I think so. So uh, I was listening to uh, the Super Beer Bros uh, podcast the other – or I, I listen to them every week. But one episode, they brought up a question of like, would you – because this is not too far off from now. Would you get a chip inside your head that that is your phone basically? Oh, every single person in Night City has a chip in their head. I know. That's – OK. So this is taking – this is, this is taking it up to like 10 Right, um, because everything is done like this. I wouldn't. I, I, like. I know of the implications and like the 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 risks in the cyberpunk universe, but but just thinking about like, oh my god, would I want everything technological be like just here? You know, like no. Like I, I wouldn't want Bluetooth connection. From my head to my phone to but, begin with. But what if that was Why? always the way? It- <laughs> no earphones. <laughs> no earphones. You could just hook it up. You know how oh, much- you, you, in the show, everybody phone calls each other and texts each other I by see. just existing. There's no just thinking. Honestly, connect just that wireless. That would be really helpful. <laughs> I would like that. But do you know how much information your phone processes? All the time, especially you, since you're quite busy, you get so many notifications. Yep. Imagine all that going bing, 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 bing inside your like head. I that's my brain already. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to lie. So add more to that. You think you can handle that? I don't, I wouldn't. With medication, I could. <laughs> Anything you is possible. <laughs> but, like, do you think people with IBS could just get, like, a tech techno- technological, like, small intestine or something? Yes. And it'd be cured. Boom. Yes. See, it has good purposes, too. Okay, but... But that purpose is to make the thing work. We're talking about, or I'm talking about, like, everything else, everything extra from that's not already in the human body, put it in the human body. No. But no, then could you. he do assignments? Like, could I just be, like... Yeah, right? Like Logging to Canvas? Bro, <laughs> do you yeah. These cybernetics are literally just upgrades to your physical body. So, if you want to be better at homework, I don't know how to... Oh, wait, no. There's the... Um, Internet. Instant internet no, access. No, they mention it with the combat ones, but there are training oh, chips. chips. So, there are and chips. Dancing. Uh, there, yeah, there's dance chips, there's combat chips, where it's essentially... You gain knowledge by paying for a little piece so. that you can put into your brain, and then you're good. We're, we're not too far from that. I feel like that. that's pretty cl- – like, you pay for university. You pay for workshops, for <laughs> classes, for all that. That's the same exact but thing. But imagine getting instant rid of the download. time aspect of all that. Oh, it's instant really nice. download like the Matrix. That would be – would it be cool? Maybe I. Maybe, but I it wouldn't. It would be a little cool. It would be super cool, be but I'd, like, cool. bro, I I wouldn't have to learn how to dance. I can just dance. <laughs> <laughs> be like, just be like Shakira it. chip. Boom, <laughs> she it's, it's just a new emote, you know. You just cycle it through your head, and you like you're flossing already. No, man, I would not. Personally, I would not. Uh, but we're not too far away from that. It, like realistically, I really don't think that we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of cybernetics that are already just straight up upgrades. If you've seen Olympic running, they have oh the, yeah, their legs. Yeah, those are uh-huh. where you just run faster than people. It's yeah. a little less dexterity in terms of yeah. what you can do with it, but in terms of running, you're isn't faster. It, isn't it literally just like a curved rod? Yeah. Something yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, 
So we're talking about the setting with cyberpsychosis. So the story. You didn't ask Tatum. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. What what mod would you get? You said eyes. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, Mm. well, I feel like I'd be like, I want this and this and this. (laughs) Like, I could do bones. Like, she would go cyberpsycho. No, but like, can you imagine? Like, I get bones. Teeth are bones, right? Technically. Yes. Yeah. I would never chip a tooth ever again. So you want to be Wolverine? You want bro, adamantium skull? I could have fangs, bro. It would be so cool. I could change the color of my eyes whenever I want. Oh, like yeah. I, I there would probably have a bunch of too. actual health problems, but I would look really cool while having those health problems. So that's what matters to me. Uh, the only health problem that is known is just the cyberpsychosis. So you're going a little crazy. If I do, just... Even more? Just a little, just a little crackhead energy. I don't think you go on cop murder sprees. Mm. But there's there's a lot more visual style things, which I also oh love about cyberpunk setting, than just changing the color of your eyes. You can change mm-hmm. the shape of your pupils. You can change the shape That's of so your baller. eyeball. That's so cool. You can go full you can get, I get to have straight up triangle eyeballs, bro. <laughs> you can replace your skin with the texture of your choice. There's a Ugh. there's a gang called Furries. There's a oh. gang called the Animals, which are a bunch of weightlifters <laughs> who replace their skin with fur. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, they, <there's, laughs> this sounds like a utopia. There's also universe. people who get body mods to turn their skin into metal. Take like Maine and how he's literally mm. just a giant metal man. And then David by the end. David by the It'd end. It'd be cool though, like swimming, and then you like you change it to scales. You sink. Like. <laughs> you sink. Oh yeah, there's no swimming. It's <laughs> <laughs> just drowning. Just <laughs> lead. <laughs> you just transform to a submarine. There are no pools in <laughs> Cyberpunk City. There is water. It is heavily radiated because uh, nuclear war. Right. But if you're made out of metal, would it hurt you? No. Like, would you just jump in? <laughs> just go for a dive? There's still some parts of you that are flesh. Just close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So with this idea of talking about cyberpsychosis, it's, that is the story for this show. Hmm. It is... David being promised the, or David being told to reach these high bars by his mom, and then also Maine later on. Maine has this goal of being a one of the best cyberpunks, um, or making a name for himself as a cyberpunk. When he dies, David feels like it's his job to take his place. Yeah. Therefore, also going down the cyberpunk route. Thing is, Maine dies because he goes cyberpsycho. Maine dies because he follows this route. David wanting to pursue Maine's dream is guaranteed death, which brings the beauty of this story is that it's a tragedy that you know from the very beginning. David is going to die. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so beautiful. You get it from the very beginning. The intro song um, with the intro theme one of the last visuals you get is David being shot in the head and Arasaka Tower looming over him mm-hmm. like you failed. Um, and you get that at the very beginning and it just sets you up for this like hoping that things are different but at the same time you know there's it's not. Yeah, it's kind of, it's weirdly kind of like Bebop in that way. Kind of. You, you, know? you kind of feel the sense that Spike is on a downward trajectory yeah, in Bebop. right? Like not, not to spoil Bebop, but like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's. I'm not saying it's one for one, but like... A lot of people compare the, these two shows a lot because there's a lot... Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see it. It's also sure. the, the old-timey violent anime style of it. <sighs> Think how Bebop is very visceral in certain moments. Sure, and this yeah, show yeah, yeah. is very visceral in the same way, just all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, talk about cyberpsychosis and all of this. There's a lot of terms... Uh, in the show that can be a little difficult to grasp. The slang is beautiful. So there is street slang, which is technically its own language in the cyberpunk Uh. world, uh, though it is just English with some slang. But if you're in different places, the street slang still stays. It's Mm. just different languages. Mm -hmm. Um, I have uh, my game for you all today. Uh, This is a vocab quiz. Um, I have uh, the list of words. If you want, I can give you a sentence with said word, and you have to tell me what it means. Listen, I failed grammar like 
two, three times. Oh my gosh! But in their class, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I pat. It was what's the passing grade? Seventy-five. I passed with a seventy-six, so I got this. Oh my gosh! All right. Uh, context clues are important for this one. I'm giving you the sentences. Uh, also, if you've watched the show, you've heard these words said a lot. Mm. Uh, with that being said, our first word very easy. We have chum. Another yeah. way to say it is chumba or yeah. chumbada. Chumbada. Oh, that's fun. It's, it just means hey, homie. What's up, Holmes? I think it more so means you're a Norman. You're just a normal guy. Oh, you, look at this. Look at this chum over here. <laughs> and he takes Tatum. Uh, I will trust their expert opinion. Would to me, like they it? all sound like slurs. Would, so you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it in a sentence? Sure. Uh, his own chumba shot him. Yeah. I feel like that's like, not like friend, but like homie. It's like saying homes. Yeah. So friend or family member, but homie works very well yeah. as well. Um, next up, we have BD or brain dance. We see these quite yeah, a bit. It's, they're it's, a, they're it's, a storytelling like a mechanism. Fun name for a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like like you're entering a virtual reality in your head through a chip. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I thought of, it was like I thought you were referring to like when you're starting to go through cyber psychosis. Mm. Oh, he's having a little brain dance over here. I like that. It's not quite so. A brain dance is a digital recording of someone's memory, including sensory input and emotions. This neural technology also became a new form of interactive digital entertainment. Yeah. It is VR, but you are living that person's life. Right, yeah. like when they had their date on the moon. What was exactly? That was so cute. Wasn't there a game? Was that still Cyberpunk? Were we kind of? I think that was still Cyberpunk where you do that like to solve solve crime. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. In, the in the game, game Cyberpunk, part of the main story quest is you use BDs to help you figure out certain things. That's right. really cool. Yeah. It'd be cool to see an escape room like that. Mm. Oh. Like an in-person escape room. Uh I to add to that, because I think you would like this. Uh what is an X BD or extreme brain dance? Mmm. Uh, the equivalent to Shrek 40. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just more sensory. Is, isn't it like 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 when they went to the moon? It's just here's this environment, how it would really feel. Not well, quite. Oh. I think it's more what he's doing in the in the first like few scenes where he's going through extreme like memories of somebody, like the guy in the beginning that just kills all those cops. And then the guy sends him, oh, oh this one of got having it. sex. Yeah. Which is it, like, they're digital recordings of memories that feature gruesome and bizarre <laughs> scenes, including various forms of violence, torture, murder, etc. Fun. So, so NC-17 memories, yeah. essentially. Okay, cool. <laughs> and there is a, in, in Night City, there is a market for these people are sick in this city and they want to see these things. They will buy it that's underground. That's so realistic. Like live And leak. that's disgusting. Yep. It is the, it is the live link, live leak of Ew, Night City. Alright, next up we have Delta. Oh, you mean our, like our Delta episodes every end of the month on Mondays where we recap our monthly shenanigans? <laughs> Great plug. Uh, <laughs> any real answers here? A Delta <laughs> is a geographic feature in which a river splits <laughs> in a segment God. of land into making a land sort of trying, triangular shape. There's a lot of these in Egypt or in the Mesopotamian lands. Great geography fact, also wrong. <laughs> no. Tatum, would you like it in a sentence? Yeah. Uh, work's done. I'm going to Delta. Oh. Dip. Just, just <laughs> leave? Yep. Leave? To leave or depart. Oh, my God. That's fun. Uh, we have chromed or chipped. That means you're, you have your you're, you're cyber enhanced. I was going to be like, yep. uh, e robot stuff. Yeah. Robot stuff, literally. <laughs> cool. Easy peasy is to be implanted with cyberware. Ah. All right, next up we have both these words mean the same thing, preem and nova. Cool. Dope. Sick. I was going to say, it sounds Radical. Like supreme. It, it is from premium. It is cool, awesome, dope. Swag. Um, next up, we Swag. have. Uh, I mentioned it already. A ripper duck. Uh, somebody who replaces organic stuff with medical stuff or mechanical stuff. It's the guy performing the surgeries. Basically, Body a, a, a surgeon specializing in implanting <laughs> illegal cyberware, specifically. Uh, um, wow. A more reputable, like. Cyberware that is actually legal and reputable, it's just a doctor. So the mm. cyberpunk mm. equivalent of like a guy in a trench coat with a bunch of watches and <laughs> shit in it. Yeah, except cool. he's splicing your body to put the watch in it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Real. Uh, <laughs> next up we have Eddie's Money. Yeah, you've got this, dude. Yeah. Eddie's it's it's like Does anybody e -D -D know D I E S. It, it, yeah. Uh it is the pronunciation of E D's. So yeah. Eddie's. 
It's, um, it's almost like I watched the show. <laughs> do any of you know what it stands for? No. Is uh, it an abbreviation for edicts? No. I thought so it was like currency. electronic dollar. That, that is pretty close. Oh, yeah. yeah. Euro dollars. Ah. Euro. Hmm. Yeah. So they're combined now. European. One, one oh, I see. Okay. Because <laughs> ideally, if you're a international corporation controlling the world, right. you don't want to have to deal with currency conversion. That's, that's, why don't we have that? Why can't everything just be like a thing? Because countries money? like Because their... we like using inches and feet. <laughs> <laughs> because we have a metric system. <laughs> I just signed on to something yesterday and said kilograms. I was like, uh. A what? I was like, pounds? <laughs> uh, next up, we have gonk. That sounds like trash. Oh, it's, it, yeah, it's like messed up, like not working. Not quite. Um, what? He's really gonked. Uh, he's done. He's out of the equation. Overdose. Not quite. So it's this like, is like the word. This is trash. Oh, wait, For, so in a sentence, we have some gonk left it in the open, so I took it. Some dick. Some, yeah, like dirt. stupid? Stupid. Idiot, fool, schmuck. Some okay. norm, so a normie. <laughs> a Norman. Okay. Uh, next up, we have clep or klept, a verb. So use it in a sentence, please. Uh, yeah, I got you. I klept the guy's bike while he was pissing. Stole. Stole. Yeah, pickpocket. Yep. That's what Lucy is. Okay. Uh, to steal from kleptomania. Kleptomania. A compulsion to steal. Uh, we got two more. Uh, here we have a zero or zeroed. Dead. Iced. Yep, you guys got it. Iced. To kill someone killed. <laughs> like in a mafia. Iced. And last one for extra credit. Uh, tell me the difference between a Borg and a Gannick. Uh, Borg is somebody who has mechanical stuff in them, and an organic is just a normal dude. Gannick is somebody cyborg, little to no organic. cybernetics, and a Borg is someone who's got all of them. Uh, little to no, really. Yeah, little hmm. because there's a level of cybernetics that there is like zero default. risk of cyberpsychosis. Like so, what? everybody has it. So the chips that you put in your neck that is one of the cybernetic mods because that is just like a USB <clears throat> jack except into yeah, yourself. that's like. The equivalent of having a phone. Like, you need this thing to go with exactly. everyday life. Same thing with the yeah. whole phone function of that right. same implant. Um, also, I do know there are some other... The the skin ones are also very safe, so a lot of people get tattoos. Which is so interesting, because that's, like, the that, that would be the biggest one, like... Technically speaking, yeah, Dude. and you Wait, you see a lot do they of like take off your skin. Yes. <gasps> also, most a lot of river, river docs don't use anesthetic. Yeah, yeah they just do. transplant. He has to bite on a piece of like rubber just to. No wonder those bodybuilders are the ones with the skin, bro. They're probably like, oh, I like the pain, no pain, no gain. <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, anyway, that's my vocab quiz. Yeah. Um, thought it would be fun to get that in there just so you all can kind of understand a little <laughs> bit of words a little better. Even then, there's still a lot of stuff that's, like, left out. Like, yeah. I mean... Uh, uh, there's a lot of weird words. There's a lot of weird words. Um, there's, like, a word for the flying cars that they have. Hmm. Um, I forget what it was. Oh, yeah. I remember it being said. I don't remember the word. Yeah. It's like the, the trauma care cars and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I want to talk more characters. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about uh, da- a lot about David and his mom. <clears throat> so his mom sets da- uh, David's mom set, uh, sets him up with the dream of climbing to the top. Talked a little bit about Maine with Maine setting up the dream of be- making a name for yourself as a cyberpunk. And David, every time he sees these dreams and he loses or er, and he cares for these people, he wants to accomplish their dreams. Lucy's dream, at least the one she tells him is that she wants to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. That, and so David kind of latches onto that, even when they they kind of admit their feelings to each other in that scene and all that. He makes it clear, like, I'm going to take you to the moon. Yeah. Um, so when, ultimately that brings us to the tragedy of this story. And I mentioned before the, like, loss of humanity. Uh, that is the big portion, the, the storytelling device of this because David is constant, David and Maine both constantly push themselves to be the best in this capitalist world that requires them to keep upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. But as they do that, they start losing their humanity more and more, start pushing away the people around them. We see that with Maine with how like he just suddenly snaps and episode six, beautiful episode. If you're going to watch one episode from the show out of context, uh, episode six, but even then you're Girl just doing fire. yourself a disservice. Um, it 
Maine starts getting cyberpsychosis, and you see what it does, this loss of humanity that cyberpsychosis mm. gives. He starts uh, getting super aggressive towards Dorio. He uh, almost kills, uh, what's her name? Kiwi? Kiwi. Um, I, I could have sworn he did kill her. Yeah, I thought Is so it the too. mouth thing yeah. coming off? Oh. And she doesn't have a mouth. Weird. It's terrifying. Oh, my God. Um, How does she smoke? Well, that doesn't lungs. make sense. You have lungs. Determination. <laughs> What's more important in your life, eating or smoking? <laughs> I think we all know which well, I'm going to put. Do you know the woman from Beetlejuice? She has a whole. She smokes through the whole. Exactly. Thing. Oh my god. Yeah. That's Improvise, what she... adapt, overcome. <laughs> and so Maine has this big just de- destruction of his humanity. Um, ideally, David takes it as a warning sign, and everybody around him takes it as a warning sign. Um, but when David starts showing symptoms of cyberpsychosis, he hides it. But he knows. He knows what's going on. He knows he's headed towards the edge. But he keeps it quiet. When everybody finds out, he gets super aggressive towards them, tells yeah. them to leave him alone. Uh, even his own girlfriend, when she tries to stop him uh, to, uh, to get him to get help, he starts proposing that maybe it's better that they just split up. And then she ends up having her own things to do, and she leaves, and it's it, like David just pushes away everybody. On the opposite end of that, there's Lucy. Lucy, in, instead of losing her humanity, is slowly gaining humanity through David mm. because uh, in, she doesn't want to get close to anybody because of her background. She, everybody around her has died. She, she knows that she is a wanted woman, yep. so she doesn't <clears throat> want to grow close with anybody. But David pushes anyway, and she's finally willing to He's accept. He's like, I love you. And she's like, I, I okay, <laughs> let's do this then. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I don't really want you, but like, I like you. You'll warm up to me. That's so, it. Uh, she finds out that Arasaka wants David. The same people who are hunting yeah. her down to make her a military soldier slave also want her her mans. Yeah. Um, yeah, they get together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's halfway through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what episode six reveals. Right. When okay. Lucy's diving mm-hmm. into Tanaka's brain, mm-hmm. she finds out that, like, David is more important than uh, a lot of the other things Arasaka is working on, or equal level mm. to a lot of the things that uh, Arasaka is working on. So she starts going, like, r- super hidden rogue, just killing everybody who's trying to find David. Uh, David doesn't know about this at all. And I think there is this beautiful aspect of miscommunication that leads to their demise to where uh, in order to retain her humanity and hopefully David's, Lucy is constantly fighting. Uh, in the meantime, David is constantly just letting go yeah. to is losing his humanity. And uh, neither of them talk to each other about what they actually want. David's doing all this. Because he feels like that's what everybody wants. In reality, nobody wants it, but he doesn't say anything. He doesn't. He didn't have to take up the mantle of like the leader of the gang. No, but or he, whatever. he felt the need the edge to. Runners. Um, yeah. I mean, there's like a vacuum. And also, it's like they're kind of family at this point because that's all he knows. He doesn't have anybody else. It's a weird position to be put in. Yeah. Um, and it's this beautiful little moment where if Lucy told David or David told Lucy what was actually going on, but, yeah. it, but at the same time, they don't want to because they don't trust each other to do what the other wants. You think that's it? I 100%. Because hmm. if Lucy tells David that Arasaka is after him, David's going to want to help her solve that problem. Yeah, I can see him being like, oh, they're after me? Let's go after them first. Yeah. Well, like, uh, mm. like she, like she tells him when they first get together. It's like uh, you always run in to save everybody, and right. she's worried that she's he's gonna die because of that. And he does. So she tells him, "Hey, you're being hunted by Arasaka. I'm doing what I can to stop that." He's gonna be like, "Well, let me help." Yeah. And di- get involved with Arasaka, which is exactly what she doesn't want. Very uh, puppy dog. Yeah. And on the mentality. opposite end of it, uh, David doesn't go to or doesn't listen to her. When it comes to his cyberpsychosis stuff, uh, there's she's clearly communicating to him uh, that he needs to fix to be- step back, descale his cybernetics. Uh, but he is not listening, which is the other end of the miscommunication. Yeah. He doesn't want that. Uh, he doesn't want that because he wants to live the life that Maine 
was setting up. Um, and so there's that, that beautiful moment where in the al- they're in the alley, they basically break up, and uh, That's a breakup? They, they break, because David goes, like, I think we should just split up, uh, mm. because he doesn't like that she's telling him to scale down the cybernetics, mm. and she, he doesn't like that she won't work with him. But she says, like, no, I don't want that. Let's work this out. I gotta go. She, she says, yeah, let's work, I don't want that. Let's work that out. I gotta go. Because as they're talking, and they do beautiful visual stylized, which mm. we'll get to, there's this red beam that happens behind her. Yeah. She spotted an Arasaka agent that's looking for David. There's no time to delay. She yeah. has to go deal with it. So while he just said, I think we should break up, she goes, no, I don't think so. Also, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and dips out to also never be seen again. He keeps repeatedly calling her, but she's there's the trap she that she's into and trap. all that. Yeah. It's such a dreamy and beautiful relationship because it has mm. such great and perfect romantic moments. Like, it's... I think in every romantic moment that they have, there's a shot of the moon in the background, or they're you know on it. With um, with that, the something I saw somebody talk about is that like the moon is the escape and the safe haven. Mm-hmm. So whenever they're with each other, there's the moon, and it's this idea, it's this symbolism that kind of goes together that them together is them safe. Right but they don't pursue that. It's always fleeting. Like, they have these beautiful, like, romantic moments, but in the grand scheme of the show, their relationship together, they're both spiraling out of control. And we both know... We all know that it's going to end poorly because of the foreshadowing fucking everywhere. Oh, my gosh. My um, favorite is the one with the Ripper duck where, he's like, uh, he's he's leaning over David, and he's like, Davey, you have oh, to listen to me. And he's, yeah, like, when slowly he's leaning over while moving his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, this, the visually... Uh, let's, I'm a dive straight Visualization! In. The visually stylized stuff. All of these intense story moments, the foreshadowing worry, warnings of, David, you keep doing you're this, you're gonna die. die. Yeah. Whenever Ooh. that happens, it's this also very stylized thing. The the lighting on their animated figures, instead of being like regular like white light with some shaded darker tones, they replace the white light with colored light all the time. So when da- uh, the Ripper Doc's leaning over Davy has this like pink hue to him, whereas uh, David has this like green hue to him. Um, whenever Faraday's talking about his plans or, or just talk just talking in general, there's this red hue to him uh, of this like like I am act- which kind of foreshadows this Arasaka. I am actually Arasaka. Arasaka's colors are black and red mm-hmm. um, so every single time he's talking about owning or doing owning uh, Maine and his company that they do everything he wants for his money and that's that's the deal and all of that whenever he's talking about these things there's this red these red and heavy pink hues he is so they try to uh, notate his power so much that these colors emanate from him whenever he is in a scene and being intense there is color that washes onto the other characters in the scene just from him. There, yeah. Faraday doesn't em- emit light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is not, There are cybernetics, sure, but it's not like he has the skin lamp cybernetic. No, he's just, it's this visually stylized version of, this guy is something, and you need to be careful with this guy. The colors in this entire series are so vibrant and and it's it's just so nice to look at but like when when also when things get crazy the the colors also like are very uh what's the what's the term extra yes they're also like when things are excited the colors are like yeah let's go let's party and it's not just the color too it's also the animation style yeah it's studio trigger things get so detailed when they get close, and they yeah. only get close when it is intense. You, uh, one of my favorite shots, I can't get it out of my brain. I mentioned it on the Delta. Is after at the end of episode six, after everything happens, Maine dies. He's in the car with Lucy, and he's just staring forward. There is this almost like hyper, not hyper realistic. There's this like mix between realistic and the animation they've been doing this whole time. Mm. He has so many like lines of oh, skin yeah. detail and all that. And he's just staring forward, with this blank face. There's this kind of like. We don't see tears in the show very much, but when they do, they're very like what you'd expect. But mm-hmm. this one's a very stylized tear that runs down his cheek and just disappears. And it's like, and he's just staring there with that blank, heavily detailed face, and you're like, 
oh, that there's emotion there. It's communicating so much when uh, right before Maine dies, or even when Maine goes insane. The face of Maine when he kills the guy, and he's got blood all over yeah. him, and he's smiling, and he's like, oh, yeah. did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> it's so it's so intense, and you know this is perfect for this is a perfect project for Studio Trigger because they're known for like great action sequences, great like like super hyper total over the top type of stuff and this this is feels right at home yeah. for them and at the same time uh there there was a worry with this being studio trigger really? that this that like this exaggerated style would ruin the story because mm. it would be too much mm. because in every stu- in every uh, studio trigger thing it is too much. That is the point <laughs> of it. It's that, like, then kill a kill, then Gurren Lagann, yeah. uh, Promare. Everything is so exaggerated, and that's part of the style, part of the point. But here, there is this exaggerated style when it's right, but when it's not needed, they tone it down. Yeah. Um, They're great. It's this great sort of style to it that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far away from it, I love, love, love the um, the cyber psychosis like effects. Like you see it the from eyes? the first episode. I wrote it down here. The, the cyber psychosis eyes. Yeah. In, in lesser animes, you'd have characters go, "Oh, he's activating cyber psychosis. We have to get away." But we see that <laughs> through Maine's slow deterioration. That random hobo that kills Finger Boy. Right. Um, and then David's deterioration. We know what's happening visually without someone going, David, you're going through cyberpsychosis! <laughs> <laughs> there are a bunch of cues, and it's, it sets them up very well. Like, with uh, the just to show you the baseline of cyberpsychosis, we're presented right at the very beginning with the cyberpsycho. He's got the weird eyes, and that's like, it, this. without telling you, the story is telling you, this is how you identify a cyberpsycho. Mm. So when you see the homeless guy peeing into the barrel... You see those flickering eyes. You already know what's about to happen, but you. But all the other characters are sitting there like, "Oh, this is funny. He's harassing the homeless guy. How hilarious!" Classic. Uh, um, but and then, but there's also other visual cues that it sets up really well as well. Mm. Uh, when first time we see the hand shaking is with Maine. His hands shaking. Dorio sees it and is like. Uh, doesn't say anything about cyberpsychosis, anything like that. She mentions how he needs to tone down his cybernetics. Or she thinks he should, he should tone down his cybernetics. She isn't telling him, uh, hey, your hand is shaking because you have cyberpsychosis. We need to take care of that. She's just saying, I see what's happening right now. Let's try to fix that. The show doesn't doesn't try to tell us, like explain things to us like we're stupid. Yeah. You know, and, and I, as a... Watcher, I'm very thankful for that because, you know, we can figure stuff out. And, and that's a perfect example. There's also the big writing saying of, like, show, don't tell. Yep. Um, and I think the show does that really well, especially with, like, montage moments. I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of storytelling done in montage moments. That one episode where it's just, like, David getting close with the crew and stuff was just, like, different parts of all the same thing, you know? Yeah. That whole thing, I love that. Yeah. That was great. There's a lot of those scenes where you can tell like how everybody's feeling based off what's happened. There's yeah. a montage clip where it's just David goofing off in the bar with a bunch of his friends, but you see in the, the top left corner of the screen, Lucy and Maine are both watching. Lucy is staring, like like just staring, uh, and Maine is looking at her smiling. It's it's very communicating. Maine knows what's going on and wants David to push uh, D- David to push to get Lucy. Yeah. He wants Lucy to push to get David. So he's actively in a bunch of different moments putting them together. Story doesn't tell you that. Maine doesn't go. Yeah, I want you two to get together. <laughs> but Maine tells Lucy to uh, mentor David yeah. as because he's a stray pup and all that. Uh, Maine tells David that he like he sees everybody has eyes. He sees the crush. He should yeah. do something about it. Um, and it's like without telling you Maine wants this to happen, this show is showing you mm-hmm. that Maine wants it to happen. There's just a lot of storytelling through visuals, which is, I think what you were mentioning, anime doesn't do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Anime is very big on telling, where it's like, I'm going to I'm gonna say everything that's going to happen they before this the fight, they fill and then the we're going to do the move. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use an electric type on a ground type Pokemon. It's immune for this and this reason, yeah. That's how Shakespeare is. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but that is how it is. It's like talking you through the action. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to do it. Then I'm going to tell, tell you that I did it. Yeah. So it, it feels so belittling to the listen, the watcher, the yeah. viewer, the, at least to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, I have eyes. I can see that the ground type work doesn't move against the electric <laughs> Pokemon or vice versa. 
Um, Maybe they're trying to be inclusive. Wow. To who? Idiots? <laughs> People who don't have eyes, Patrick. <laughs> Why are they watching TV? Why are they watching a show? Yeah. They're listening to <laughs> Then listen to a podcast. Listen to Razzle Dazzle instead. Oh, my God. Where we're telling you about the show. <laughs> oh, man. Got something to ramp us down? Uh, yeah, we can talk a little bit about music. Okay. Um, so the two songs I wanted to highlight, I mentioned one already, This Fire. Uh, it is the intro song. That and is the name, yeah. this song is another one of those things that tells you the tragedy of cyberpunk. So essentially, uh, the song starts with saying there's a fire building inside. There's a mm. fire building inside. That's David essentially being thrust into this world of, like, I'm going to climb to the top. And then very quick, so that is the in, the intro verse. And then all of the choruses are this fire is like burning everything. This we're burning the city down. Mm. All of that. It goes to the very opposite of extreme of where it's like it almost seems like build up just to immediately break everything down again. Build like this fire is building inside. They seem like oh things are things are building up. Things are gonna be great. And then no no everything's actually collapsing and terrible. Uh, it's it's for having this as the intro theme along with the visuals that I mentioned earlier. Uh, it sets the viewer up, regardless if they realize it or not. They know what's going to happen. This isn't going to be a happy story. This is very much a setup to for a demise. Um, but at the same time, you kind of want it to happen mm. and I think this song's really good at evoking that um, on the opposite end of this uh, I Really Want to Stay at Your House is an amazing song to show the opposite end the safe and the romance end so this is the song that always plays when Lucy and David are together feels quite out of place in the cyberpunk setting and even in their scenes so I love that. Isn't it so, so good? Much. Like that synth, almost, I don't want to say 80s feel, but do you know that one specific bowling alley synth carpet? <laughs> synth wave, yeah, yeah. It's like, when I look at it, like that's the kind of stuff that I hear. I Vaporwave, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sound is very synonymous with Cyberpunk. There's a lot of tracks mm-hmm. on this uh, show that have that sort of like metally synth to it. Mm. Yes. Um, and this song, I think, does it really well. It's also so out of place. It is this like calm little melody thing. And the scenes that it happens in, it fits in the sense that there are always scenes where David and Lucy are like together and they're safe and there's the moon. Right. Um, but there's also like a sense of contrast to that it brings to whatever scene it's in. In the last episode, you get this song when David finally saves Lucy and Lee. So what we didn't mention uh, for finishing up story gaps. So uh, Lucy gets kidnapped in a trap. Faraday's whole plan is that he wants to turn in David and Lucy at the same time to Arasaka through a big convoluted job for David that's actually a trap. Mm -hmm. Um, In that... It basically confirms David's death. Uh, the trap is David gets uh, Faraday sets up David with a cybernetic piece that is supposed to be revolutionary military equipment, like going to change the game military game forever. Um, that's right in front of David. Yep. David, this guy who's like, I'm going to get every <laughs> cybernetic implant so that I can save all my friends. And even now, knowing uh, he eventually figures out that Faraday has Lucy and she's in danger. He's like, I'm going to take this thing. It it is in that moment his de- like that seals his demise. Mm. But at the same time, he goes saves Lucy, uh, uses the giant military thing to save Lucy, kill Faraday, um, and then they're escaping. As they're escaping, the song plays, and it's a moment where they get to have their final words with each other. Um, it's that song playing while David goes, I did it, I saved you, we're good. Um, now uh, we have money now so that you can go to the moon. Yep. And then she's like, no, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted this whole time. I wanted you. And he's like, you're going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Do uh, it for me. Um, and in the, like, he 
in the desire to save her, he loses himself. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's able to achieve everybody's dreams. He gets to the top of his mom wanted him to get to the top of Arasaka Tower. When he has this military suit that basically lets him fly, one of the first things he does is go to the top of Arasaka Tower, and he goes, "Mom, look, I did it! Yeah. I made it!" Uh, for uh, Maine's dream to to be to ha- be a name and uh, for cyberpunk. Uh, he like everybody knows David. David has a fan mm-hmm. in the in the third act who goes and follows him. Uh, he's and then with this fighting Adam Smasher, d- causing tons of problems for for Arasaka. That is uh, the saying in cyberpunk is that like you make your name by the way you die. Mm-hmm. And David really did that. He, mm-hmm. he basically he cost Arasaka millions. Uh, he did like got to use the strongest piece of military equipment in existence at yep. the time. Um, he faced off against Adam the Adam Smasher. Legendary person. Exactly. Um, and and he gets uh, Lucy to the moon. He accomplishes everybody's dreams, but we know that t- in order to do that, he dies. Yeah, we're it's a, and you end with this somber feeling because on one end you're really happy because Lucy gets to go to the moon, but it's really you're just sad because all of these people died f- because of the place they're in, and only and Lucy is able to get out of that. But that's it, she, and she has to live on. With everything that happened, I was tearing up at the end of the show. It's it's surprisingly, a tearjerker. Surprisingly, like I I didn't think I was as attached to these characters as I thought I was. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I guess so because I'm thinking back no. to my first time watching, and it was definitely like like I didn't care for Rebecca when I first yeah. watched, but then there's the scene where she dies. Yeah, where they're having their moment. And she goes, uh, she looks up, sees Adam Smasher falling from the sky, goes, hey, can't you see we're having our moment? F*** you. Bah, dead. <laughs> like a Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he was the anvil. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I watched that happen like my in my first watching and my how I felt about Rebecca's character changed. I was originally like, oh, this is the Japanese anime character where it's kind of like a lolly bait. And it's kind of, it's really like uncomfortable for me and all that because she's an adult, but she very clearly looks like a child. Um, and that's a little weird. Um, so I was immediately dismissive of her character. But then that happened. And then watching back the second time. She's a very caring character, mm-hmm. um, and all, all the cast is. Uh, but her character specifically, she's all like Lucy. She's always watching David, and she's seeing everything that goes on. And then the third act that really shows when she sees David pushing everybody away, she follows him to try to get him to talk about it. He she figures out that it's cyberpsychosis, and she's pushing for him to drop his gear. He's not listening to her, uh, and but she stays by his side. And then when he's they do this last job, he shows her he's the first she's the first person to know he plans on dying on this job because he has this line of meds that he plan- that is the only thing that's going to keep him sane and he tells her that whenever she can she needs to make sure that he gets those meds so he yeah. can do the job uh, and so regardless of like so she's this caring character who instead of who's supporting David not in the way that maybe she should but in the way that David needs mm-hmm. and I, like for such a for a character that was so dismissive of, despite still having that, it's amazing. And like all the characters have these sort of imp- such a significant part in the story. Dorio to Main, Dorio's death is what causes Main to snap. Mm-hmm. He, she was the only thing that was holding him when he was going cyber psycho, and when she died, he was just gone. Yeah. Um, and so, like, everybody has, even if they're, it's a small niche role in the story, everyone feels significance to the story. So you can't help. They have impact. So you can't help but feel uh, feel sympathy for them, care for them, yeah. um, because they're important. Uh, if you care about the story, you care about them. Um, if you care about David, you care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good. It's a, it really surprised me at the end uh, in terms of like how I was going to enjoy the show. Um, 
It yeah, it hit it hit like a truck. It hit like Adam Smasher hit Rebecca. Um, <laughs> I watch the show if if you're like cool with a lot of adult uh, stuff. Oh yeah, definitely like ra- rated R M mm-hmm. TV eighteen whatever the. But but it's it's definitely worth um, the time. The ten episodes. It's you know you can watch that in a day, and if you're really feeling up to it, play the game. Oh, yeah, the game's great, too. Play 277. What I'm going to finish up yeah. with is uh, wrapping it up with that loss of humanity aspect of it. Because ultimately, there is a moral to this story. Uh, you can take, like, this, the, the, the lessons that the setting teaches, the the ca- capitalist hellscape that happens when capitalism goes unchecked. But this, that's very political. We're not a political podcast, so I'm not going to talk too much about that end of it. What I do want to talk about is the loss of humanity side of it, because cyberpunk as a capitalist setting, a very American-inspired setting, has this everybody is taught to climb the ladder. It is just innately what Night City is all about. But at the same time, in order to do that, you need things like cybernetics. You need to do things like abandon your friends. There's the saying of you don't trust anybody in Night City uh, because inevitably in order to grow in that city, you have to hurt people. You have to hurt yourself. Um, But what the story really highlights is how the important thing isn't to climb. David thought the important thing was to climb and he dies. The important thing is the relationships you have with each other, mm-hmm. um, the humanity. If David held on to Lucy, listened to Lucy, uh, the both of them communicated with each other, there would be a whole different fate. Sure, they wouldn't be the biggest uh, edge runners in the world, and f- frankly, the story would end in a stale sort of like kind of weird They're happy fine. ending way. Yeah. But it's because these tragedy stories don't do well yeah. with, the, with the responsible ending. But uh, what the show really pushes for you is hold, to hold on to your humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, focus less on climbing the ladder. Focus less on being the best at your career. And focus more on the people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great um, adaptation video game adaptation story which you know it's I'm really glad that we're in an era where that is becoming more of the norm and the quality is, and it's being is, done well yeah it's so good definitely recommend it does anybody else have anything to say gives all the ups and downs I don't recommend watching it one day because you will become upset <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah that's yeah that's total emotional roller coaster <laughs> all the way all right that's all the time we have for today guys thank you so much for joining us on another episode here on razzle dazzle make sure you let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet make sure to follow us on instagram at razzle dazzle show and on tiktok at razzle underscore dazzle underscore show be sure to tune in every thursday from 12 to 1 where we are live on the live 365 app eagle radio station happy birthday patrick Whoa. i hope you have a good time in japan and we'll catch you in the next Japan, man. I'm going to watch all the anime. (laughs) I'm going to Japan just to watch anime.